What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of WrestleMania 38. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? dude? This is me, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. Genuinely speaking, I'm not broke yet. That's right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys know, uh, WrestleMania was a two-night event, so we got a little bit of a tradition that we do here now on The Boochcast. So we're going to recap night one, then we'll take a little music break, and then we'll come back and do night two. So we got a lot to talk about on this WrestleMania. 
at the time that we're recording this, we just finished night two. Uh, and then we went back and did some uh, night one watching. We had to watch one more match That's true, uh, we did. to get that out the way. And um, now that we're all caught up, we know exactly what's going on. We can kick this baby off. So, uh, Zach, you ready? As I ever am. All right. So, we're going to start off with night one of WrestleMania, Saturday, April the 2nd. And, of course, WrestleMania took place in Dallas, Texas at the AT&T Stadium. Uh, there was a total combined 156,352 people at WrestleMania. They had 77,899 the first night, 78,453 people the second night. It was called the most stupendous WrestleMania in history, and I can confidently say that they were incorrect. You want to know what we're talking about? Well, let's kick things off with the first official match of the evening. Uh, we have a match for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. The Usos defend the gold against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Boo. Boring. Didn't enjoy this. Back and forth, back and forth. Smack, smack, dun, dun. Okay, who cares? You didn't enjoy this match? No, it was a spot fest. It was six minutes and 55 seconds. I'm never going to get back to my life. Honestly, I enjoyed it. I mean, it had great tag team wrestling, which I always appreciate. Uh, everybody worked well. Everybody had great you know, chemistry with each other. Obviously, there was the incident with Rick Boogs where he injured his leg, mm-hmm. which I thought was uh, kind of horrible. And, you know, Nakamura basically had to finish the match on his own and they were trying to get everything done and of course the Usos hit the 3D for the win um, gonna be honest I don't like the fact that Usos retained like it's one of those things where it's getting to like the Roman level where they're becoming like tag team champion they've been tag team champions for, like way too long and they've got nobody credible to face anymore that's true they don't and you know like I said this was this was this was Nakamura and Rick Boogs time to shine they are super over with the crowd Pat McAfee helps out a great deal with his uh you know dancing and antics at the announce table like this is the team that is over and it's one of those things where WWE is not good at capitalizing on things that are over. They're always late to the fucking party. They always wait, like, way too long to get something done, and they don't want to capitalize on something while it's white hot. They yeah. wait until it cools down, and then they go for it. Yep, that's true. They do. Otherwise than that, I have nothing to say about this. But otherwise than that, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I wish the other team would have won, but what can you do with an injured partner? Yeah, so, and of course they found out later that, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be out with this injury, but they did find out that it was something serious, so God knows when we'll see Rick Boogs again. But uh, on that note, uh, we'll move on to the next match of the evening. I don't want to call it that. We got Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Um, me? I won't even give it that. Me neither. So, okay. Slap done. One, two, three. Yeah, this was a stupid fucking match. Was it the shitty? Yeah, it served no purpose. It was basically, you know, as Zach likes to say, filler. Um, but it, it just, it wasn't interesting at all. Like, the only, there's only one aspect of this match. Match that was entertaining. One thing. What's that? The fact that Drew McIntyre kicked out of the end of days. That's true. No one's ever kicked out of that before. That was the only memorable moment in this whole fucking match. Other than that, it was fucking awful. And I really, 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 infinity hope this is the end of this fucking rivalry. Do you really, really do? Yes, it has to fucking end. For the love of Jesus. End this fucking rivalry because it is stupid. It is pointless. It is doing nothing for McIntyre. And there's one other thing I have a problem with. What's that? 
I'm getting a, I'm starting to get annoyed now with the sword. I was liking it for a while when it was just part of his entrance, but now that he's actually trying to have it in the ring, mm -hmm. it's fucking dumb. Okay, if you're gonna have a weapon, it needs to be a weapon that you can realistically swing at an opponent. And obviously, you're not gonna get away with swinging a fucking sword. Why? You'll fucking kill somebody. Yeah, you'll kill somebody. And then it's like, oh, he chopped off the, 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 the top and middle rope. First of all, why? Very true. And second of all, if you were gonna do that, why would you make this the second match of the night? You've got five matches to follow this. And you choose a second match to cut the ropes. You know the people who are with the ring crew fucking hate Drew McIntyre right now. Yeah, uh, they probably do. If I was working on the ring crew, I'd be looking at Drew like, the fuck, man? Now you gotta make us go out here and do this shit again? Because you gotta get some stupid sword over that you can't even fucking use? If I'm on the ring crew, I'm thinking, fuck you, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking if I'm on the ring crew. Drew is my least favorite wrestler on the roster if I work for the ring crew at WWE. I'd be looking at Drew like, you get your Scottish ass out there and you fucking put that shit together <laughs> asshole asshole Leo. fuck that was stupid it was totally stupid. whole match was fucking stupid yeah. waste of everybody's goddamn time eight minutes and 35 seconds you will never get back in our life yes but on that note we move on to the next match of the evening we got some tag team action we got the miz and logan paul versus the mysterios yeah you didn't enjoy this match yeah actually i did except for the ending but anyways maybe <laughs> you take this one I'm going to say this. I was impressed with this match. I mean, obviously, the Mysterios did their thing. Um, you know, the Miz was his usual annoying self. But here's the thing that's most impressive. Well, Logan Paul, I think, showed he's got what it takes to be in the WWE. Maybe. Oh, no, he has a lot to uh, lot to learn and a couple other things. But God forbid who may... God forbid somebody else hears you say that. No, I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a lot to learn. Obviously, he does. He's he, he. This is literally his first match in WWE. Okay, I'm not saying give him a world title shot tomorrow. I'm just saying he's got potential because Logan Paul is a natural athlete, and if you're a natural athlete, you can you have a chance to make it in WWE. All you have to do is learn the fundamentals. And he obviously trained for this. He looked very, very good in that ring. Now, he did make a few mistakes. I know like, he was in the wrong corner at one point. He made a few rookie mistakes. But again, it's his first match. He's going to make rookie mistakes. So I, I tend to give a pass when it's your first time out there. Okay. So Logan's got a lot to work on. He does. And But he, he already has the athleticism down. He's got the charisma. He's got a little bit of psychology. Not a lot, but uh, enough. Enough. And he knows. And here's the thing about Logan Paul that's really great. He knows how to get heat. That's true. He does. He is very easy to hate. Oh, yeah. I don't like him that much anyways. But unfortunately, he's going to be the baby face because... After they get this win, The Miz turns on Logan Paul. I have no fucking idea why. Apparently, there was something that happened between the two of them years ago. I don't know if it's a reality show thing or what, uh, but I have no idea. Where, I hope we find out on Raw why The Miz turned on Logan Paul. Don't get me wrong. I'm not watching Raw, but I'm hoping to catch it on the highlights. Yep, same here. So, so I think because of that, I think Logan Paul is going to be with WWE for a while. So I think Logan Paul has the potential to learn, and I think his next match, whenever it is, is going to be against The Miz. All right, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, but I also want to point out something other interesting thing what? that I noticed. If you saw Dominic Mysterio's ring gear. Yeah. The red, white, and blue thing he was wearing to the ring. Yeah. Did you notice where it's from? 
Eddie Guerrero? Yep. Eddie Guerrero, years ago in WCW, came out to that wardrobe. And for those of you who may not know, that's Dominic's poppy. It's not. Dude, they are planting the seeds. I know I say this all the time, but I'm, they're planting the seeds for a Dominic Guerrero heel turn. I see it happening. I see Dominic going heel, changing his last name to Guerrero, and he feuds with his dad. I see it. They're, they're, they're doing too much with it. I mean, think about it. We all know the story. If you're a diehard wrestling fan, some of the younger fans might not know this, but like I said, but I said this before in the male soap opera moment. Rey Mysterio is the showcase for 2K22, which means that if he is able, if they have that match in there between him and Eddie in the ladder match, I know that they had a match with him and Eddie from Halloween Havoc, but if they put that ladder match in there with that storyline, it can be fresh in people's minds. And Miz even said, aren't you Eddie's kid? They are planting seeds for a dominant heel turn where he can be a guerrero. I'm going to embrace the Guerrero name so I can break out of my father's shadow because my father is like something. He can find a way to make this work and it can be a great run for Dominic to go solo. It'll be the first. And step out of his father's shadow. It'll be the first time we see a father-son match. No. No, I mean. D dude, you know how many times Vince and Shane oh, fought right. each other? Yeah, that's right. I, we just haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, so I'm saying there has been father-son rivalries before, but they can take this to another level. That's true. They can. They can. They can, they can. I was, it was good. I did not suspect the Miz to turn on Logan Paul. I thought it was funny as hell. Now Logan Paul is gonna have to be a baby face. It's gonna be a really, really, really interesting courtesy of somebody who doesn't like him. But anyway, that's not the point. But here's the thing: when Miz hit the skull crushing finale, the crowd popped. Yeah, that's true. That's not good. Nope. If the crowd pops during a heel turn, that's bad. Bad. That's bad. bad. That's not, that is horrible. That's the one thing you don't, the goal is when you turn heel, crowd's supposed to boo. That's why you got to find the right way to do it. But Logan Paul is not a well-liked person. But here are the facts. The guy's got talent. He just presents it in a douchey way sometimes and it annoys people. But he has the potential to be great in WWE. That's true as well. We'll see where this goes. Yep. And on that note, we're moving on to the next match of the evening for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defends the title against Bianca Belair. Fucking amazing. One of the best matches of the night. One of the very few. But that was these two women beat the living <laughs> Shit at each other. Wanna know why? It was good booking, good psychology, and then the flippy flippy bullshit that we've been seeing for the last several fucking years. They tore the fucking house down. Oh, they tore the fucking house down. They tore the roof off. The and whole kaboom. The promo setup for it was great. The fact that both these women are desperate to win, and they told the story perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they did. I mean, both of them were good. And I loved um, Becky Lynch's look. It was like, hey man, I know exactly what it is. This is from um, Alicia or Paymore. Yeah. Yeah, I I saw that. I was like, wait a minute here. I know what she's doing. I mean, she's a badass. She's always has been. But Becky, I love you, but I'm sorry. You need to drop the title and none better bear than Bianca Belair. Yeah, dude. I mean, first oh, of all, I loved hair. her. She had the, the, the marching band entrance, yeah. the hair pulling. She hit that quick, um, she hit that quick, uh, glam slam, manhandle slam. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh crap, it's going to end again. She kicks out. Yeah. Great storytelling there. Then, of course, the flip, oh. the 450 splash while holding her hair, the, uh, the man handle slam onto the steel yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just visible. I mean, these two oh, they... beat each other senseless. And here's the best part. What? They changed it up and made it different from every other match that we saw featuring them. Yep. Because I was like, I've seen this match already. They showed something different. They showed something interesting. And this time, the right person won. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Very, very true. 
like you said, the roof, the house, stellar freaking match, fan freaking tastic. Yeah. So what we had to see for the first couple of matches, but that's not the point. Yes, and then of course she uh she got the KOD yep. and pinned it. Bianca Belair is now the new Raw Women's Champion as well. She should be. That's that's true. I think she's gonna have a fantastic run with the belt. She's yep. now a two-time Women's Champion and she's won a Women's Title at back-to-back WrestleManias. That's very very true. She has and does Good. deserve it even more. Yeah, last four, you lucky bastard. <laughs> Yes, because last year she won the SmackDown Women's title in the main event, and now she beat Becky Lynch. So this is a stellar moment for her. Side note. I've never been million to million the years Gator and actually enjoyed women's match. Yes. <laughs> That's how you know this match was good. Even Gator liked it. The guy who doesn't like women's wrestling and says derogatory shit about women's wrestling enjoyed this match. So that should tell you something. <laughs> you know what he says? Like, don't tell Booch. I was like, oh, you know what I'm, I'm going to tell you. like, you motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, met, well, he, he already messaged me about it. Because, you know, Gator, he loves to like... Gator has this thing now where even though there's wrestling on the TV, he still has to call me because he's confused about shit. So, I had already gotten the message from him about what happened. So, I, I kind of got that idea. But still, phenomenal match. Yeah, absolutely, brother. It, and I, oh, I and at the time, I was like, this is going to be the match of the night. Mm. Until mm-hmm. the next match came on. Dun, 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 dun. We have Seth freaking Rollins walking out to the ring. As we know, his opponent was going to be handpicked by Vince McMahon. Seth is in the ring. He's waiting He's getting frustrated. The lights go out. Mm-hmm. You hear the noise, and all of a sudden, you hear wrestling has more than one royal family. American nightmare everywhere, and it's none other than Cody Rhodes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The man we all knew was going to be there. There was different speculation. Some people said Cody Rhodes. Some people said John Cena. I heard a few people say The Undertaker. I even had one guy tell me at WrestleCon, but I'll, by the way, I'm going to tell WrestleCon stories on a, a future variety show. I even had one guy tell me it could possibly be Shane McMahon. Ooh. But of course it was the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. So our next match of the evening, Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins. Best freaking match I've seen in a long time. Cody Rhodes said like, like Bianca and Becky, tore the roof down, physical, mental, psychology, good to actually, good booking this time. And what I saw is like, I've been looking it up. This was probably the match of this night, not night of night one, not night two. Yeah, I'll, but I, I, if I look at overall WrestleMania, whatever the match of the night was for night two, I'll put that up against Cody and Seth. Oh, Did, oh that, yes. This match was stellar for so many reasons. First of all, here's why I love this match so much. This match had something that very few matches at WrestleMania did. Emotion. Yeah, that's true. That is something in wrestling that people do not understand. Is that that is the key thing you want to get from a crowd. Emotion. That's what wrestling is. You're taking people on an emotional ride. You are getting people emotionally invested in what you're doing. And wrestling moves don't do that. Nope. They don't. The character. That's what people get into. Who are you? Why do I care about you? Because you can wrestle? Guess what? It's 2022. 99% of the roster knows how to wrestle nowadays. You all know how to do the same shit. What makes you different than anybody else in that locker room? 
What makes Cody Rhodes different from Seth freaking Rollins? What does he bring to the table that he's not? What are you bringing to the table that, okay, what is it about you that makes you different from Bobby Lashley or Randy Orton or Edge or AJ Styles? Look at those guys and ask me. If you can tell me what's the one quality each of them possess or what's the qualities they possess that makes them different from any other guy in boots and tights that goes out there and pretends to have a fight. What is it? And each of them, now the answer, now you can all, and I know some of you are out there going, I have answers to those questions. I know you do. That's why they're stars. That's the difference. Cody came out there, and here's what I loved about this. He came out to his AEW music and had his AEW gimmick. He didn't come back as stardust. He wasn't dashing. He didn't put paper bags over people's heads. And he wasn't just plain old vanilla Cody Rhodes. True, he wasn't. He was the American fucking nightmare. Yep. They gave him his gimmick. And here's the cool part. At one point in the match, he had to move on Seth. And he does the stardust time. The cartwheel and the movement of the hands. And then, and I'll say this. I'm about to make history. Uh-oh. Here on the Boochcast. Uh-oh. For the first time, and probably the last time, I am going to pay a compliment to Corey Graves. Brace yourselves. It's going to happen. Stop. Co- I quit. Why? Because what you just said. I mean, for real, you hated Corey Graves for real. You really think he did? Okay. No, I'm going to tell you why. See, Zach, this is the thing you need to learn, mm. not just for the show, but in life. Mm. It's a little thing mm. called listening. Let someone finish a sentence before you open that chat box that you got between your lips. You know? Yeah, I'm just saying. You need to put a little squeeze on the chat box. See, uh, to, to quote one of my favorite movies, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. Any questions? So no, 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 no questions. Thank you. So here's what here's the compliment. When he did that move, someone talked about, hey, it's a little bit of a throwback. Corey Gray said, that's not a throwback. That's Cody Rhodes shedding the skin. That is Cody Rhodes putting him putting the past behind him and coming back a brand new man. That is the perfect way to describe that Stardust thing. And it was a way to teach the audience and the people like at home, especially, this is not Stardust dust and we're not going to see stardust to quote a certain uh influencer it was a stupid idea from bad creative and now it's gone pretty much so stardust is done done the american nightmares here and cody kicked fucking ass yeah both of them kicked ass oh they did seth delivered too he did he delivered but cody was on a whole nother level. He went over. And he went over in the match, which is the way it should have been. Yeah, if he would have lost, he would have just buried Cody. Cody would have wasted his time. Yeah, I was like, okay, you came here, you lost. Why'd you leave AEW if you're going to come here and lose? Exactly. At, and you returned. At WrestleMania. Da, 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 da. And here's the thing. Some people, and I know there were some wrestling uh, analysts out there, mm-hmm. a certain individual, who tried to say that it's it's not, it's not, it's. I know you're thinking it's not Gator. Hmm. Somebody else. Um, he said that this wasn't believable because Vince McMahon would never handpick Cody Rhodes. He would handpick somebody like The Undertaker if it was realistic. First of all, I want to say fuck you to that person. And second of all, I want to say this. Do you want to know why it's believable that Vince McMahon would handpick Cody Rhodes, would you like to know? Why is the reason? Here's the reason. 
About six years ago, Cody Rhodes asked for his release from WWE. And after some arguments and a lot of uh, pushback, he finally got that release. You know what Cody did when what? he got released? What? He went out in the indies. He went to Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. He went to Ring of Honor. Yeah, he did. He became the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. He went out on his own and became one of the biggest, if not the biggest, name in wrestling. Pretty much. Cody reinvented himself, bet on himself, and he motivated a lot of people to ask for their releases. Because Cody showed that you could go out in the indies and make just as much money, if not more, than you did working in WWE. Cody was financially comfortable when he got to the indies. He bet on himself and made it work. And not only that, he did the all-in pay-per-view, which was a bet he made with Dave Meltzer, where they sold out the MGM Grant. (laughs) They sold, like, thousands of tickets. And that all-in pay-per-view... Mm-hmm. was the catalyst to creating all elite wrestling. And people can say whatever they want, but I'm going to give you all the brutal truth right now. I'm going to go a little on the AEW side, but I'm going to be brutally honest. I don't give a fuck what nobody tells you. Here are the facts. Without Cody Rhodes, there is no AEW. That company would not exist without Cody Rhodes. Cody was the brainchild and the mastermind behind all of it. Because the Bucks and Kenny are too fucking stupid to ever come up with an idea like this on their own. They are too conceited. They are too immature. They do not have the mental or emotional capability of running a wrestling company. And they've proven that with their abuse of their EVP power. That, that Tony Khan eventually had to take away from them because they realized, because he realized these guys are fucking morons. And he's slowly starting to realize that and he's making a lot of good business decisions as a result. But don't let anyone fool you. Cody Rhodes is the reason AEW exists. Vince McMahon knows that and he now sees the value in Cody Rhodes. In turn, because Cody made himself valuable. If Vince McMahon has a brain in his skull and a lot of stuff that happened at night too, I have questions about that. And even the next match makes me question it too. But if Vince has any brain cells left of any kind, he is pushing Cody, and I'm going to steal someone's catchphrase here, but he is pushing Cody to the moon. And I'll say this right now. Come January 2023, Cody better win the Royal Rumble. He damn well better win the fucking Royal Rumble. He better be main eventing next year's WrestleMania. Because Cody has now shown that he is a star. He showed he could make it without the WWE. WWE needs Cody more than Cody needs WWE. Fact. That's not even my opinion. That's a fucking fact. Because they don't have a lot of stars. They don't have a lot of credible people. And here's the other thing. They have bad PR. Very bad PR. Not with the casual fans, but in the wrestling community. Because there are wrestlers, every wrestler that's in the indies right now, they all want to go to AEW. Nobody wants to go to WWE. Because they know in WWE, it's like working for a corporate chain. You're just a number. Pretty much. AEW, they make you feel like you're family. That's the difference. And for a lot of wrestlers, that's important. So WWE needs to rebuild their PR and Cody's the catalyst. Because if Cody can go back to WWE and he can make it and get to the top, that will encourage more people to sign with WWE. That they no, oh, maybe WWE is changing their ways. Yeah. And they'll go back over there when their AEW contracts expire and WWE wants to sign them. Because right now, Cody's the only one that feels confident 
in what Vince wants to do. I can see that. So I think the best way to do that is to have Cody get the push of a lifetime. Yep. It's good PR, if anything else. Very good PR. So Hopefully WWE can go with that good PR. Hopefully WWE can make put some gold on Cody. Not right now, but when the Royal Rumble. The very, very first step. But we'll see, and hopefully WWE, as they usually do, hopefully they don't fuck this up. Yeah. Now, I will say, the suplex to the outside, I thought was... I thought that was, like, holy shit. I thought yeah. Cody was going to get hurt. Yeah, I did too. Um, there, was a gr- there was some great finishes, great moments. Yeah. Uh, the one poem I didn't like was the buckle bomb. Uh, and I'm going to say this. That's a move that needs to be banned. Buckle I'm bomb. sorry. Like, I find it hilarious that with Seth Rollins, they banned the curb stomp, yet he never hurt anybody with the curb stomp. Yeah. Meanwhile, the buckle bomb is hurting half the fucking roster. Seriously. Seth needs to stop doing this move. He's not safe with that move. If I'm working a match with Seth, the first thing I'm saying to him, is we're not doing a buckle bomb spot at all because nope, nope, you're because nope. when it comes to that move seth is not safe it's not safe that's not safe Mr. Bucciarelli. that's not safe it's amazing how much you sound like it. it's not safe oh boy do we have a story to tell you on the next variety show yes okay right. so on that note oh, we're gonna no. move on to the next match that you no think. no okay um i know you don't like me doing this please for a sake and if good of a friend you are let me do the introduction on this one please go ahead next match of the night is a horrible thing there's charlotte flair against ronald Rousey. <gasps> Um, <laughs> he's all here uh, rubbing his eyes, so I want to make this short and sweet. The following and events does not reflect on anybody on the show. WWE, you asked for it, you poor pathetic bastards. I'm going to turn off the mic now. May God have mercy on your soul. Vinny, you may proceed, sir. So the next match of the evening for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair defends the title against Ronda Rousey. Dude, um, he's over here. He's his legs shaking. He's really about to go off. All right, this should not have happened. Uh, Bruce Pitcher, fix it, man. I don't know what the fuck you guys are thinking, and I'll get to you later, basement man. Is this shame on you? Shame on how you treated Rhonda. Stop giving Charlotte Fred a spoiled looking, horse looking, evil piece of crap. Charlotte, at least Dominic can come up with his own thing. So, with that being said, like I said before, may God have mercy on your soul. In the last match, I praised the hell out of Cody Rhodes. Would you like to know why I have so much respect for Cody Rhodes? Why do you have so much respect for Cody Rhodes there, sir? Because even though mm-hmm. the commentators yep. brought up his father multiple times, they did. Even though Cody is in a in wrestling family, in a wrestling family, True. there has never been a time where Cody has walked to the ring covered in polka dots. There has never been a time where Cody went out to the ring wearing tie-dye. Cody didn't wine and dine with kings and queens. He never called himself the grandson of a plumber. Now, granted, in the match, he did the bionic elbow as a little bit of a tribute to his dad. But guess what? He doesn't do that as a normal finisher, and you don't see it in every fucking match. And you're probably not going to see it again. He has his own finish. He has his own gimmick. And he paved his own way. Charlotte hasn't done that. No, she has not. She literally mooches off her father's legacy. That's true. In every sense of the word. She has earned nothing in this company. Not a single person respects her in and out of the ring. Anyone who says they do are kissing ass and sucking dick to keep a job. If you honestly believe on this planet or any other that Charlotte Flair could beat Ronda Rousey physically in anything, 
You're a fucking moron. On Charlotte's best day, Ronda would fuck her up. Even with one arm on her back. If they got into a shoot fight, Charlotte's DNA would be on the bottom of Ronda's shoe. Charlotte's not fit to carry Ronda's bags into the fucking building. Not even worth to clean her own shoes. This is the biggest disgrace in professional wrestling. You took a money-making match and buried it by not booking it. You took Ronda Rousey, who is the biggest star on the planet, a legit badass, and you fed her to the most undeserving women's champion in modern wrestling, to the most classless cunt ever to step foot in a WWE ring. I'll be honest, I found out who won the match after I got off the plane flying back from Dallas. What was your reaction? I was angry. I bet. I was pissed off. I know. And I'll be honest, when they showed this match came up while I was watching night one, I barely paid any attention to it. I just went on to editing the Stand and Deliver that came out yesterday. That's what I did. I don't blame you on that. I had no interest in this match. The wrong person won. Like always. And now Ronda. I buried. Has no value. Nope. None. And it wasn't even a good finish. It was a shitty finish. Yeah. A boot to the face. A boot to the face. That's it. Done. That 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 was your finish to this match. I know some people on the internet were complaining about Ronda didn't even sell for most of Charlotte's moves. Let me tell you something. Selling is a form of respect and Charlotte doesn't deserve respect. No, she does not. This is a stupid match that should have never been booked in the first fucking place. And this showed me... That WWE just doesn't care anymore. No, they don't. Their heart's not in this. Nope. You know, and I remember one time Desmond and I had a discussion. He told me he thinks in five years WWE could be out of business. Or at least sold off and no longer be a wrestling company. I laughed at him when he said that. But after watching this match, yeah, I think he might be right. He could be. So I'll tell you right now, I don't feel like being a WWE fan right now. Me neither. I'm ashamed to be a, a fan of WWE. Yep, yep. I'm seriously thinking about going all elite because even though a lot of things in AEW piss me off, at least they're fucking trying. That's true, they do. And you don't have to give up on NXT as well. I can't give up on NXT. It's too it's too good a show. Yeah, it's too good of a show. But the main roster. It's, it's, there's no reason for me to keep watching. They're making stupid decision, stupid decision. You got a lot of people who are gifted and talented and they're being buried under people who don't belong. Charlotte Flair is a name that's not even hers. It's her dad's. She brings nothing to the table. Nada. Nobody respects this woman. No one cares about this woman. She's a disgrace to the locker room. She's a disgrace to the business. She is unoriginal. And the fact that WWE continues to put her on top is a slap in the face to the fans. And it's why eventually this they're going to go out of business. I'm starting to believe it now. Yeah. I have no faith left in WWE. Me neither. I'm just hoping the few good stars that are there can find something out of this because they are in a place that is toxic. Toxic, 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 toxic. Okay. Do you have anything else to say? You feel better now? Yes. All right. Moving uh, on. We're moving on to the main event of the evening. We had a no-holds-barred match. Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kevin Owens, I love you, but... Dude, you're an idiot. You don't go into the great state of Texas, and Texas is a good state from what I heard of, and you start rambling, rambling on. So I talk, and then Stone Cold Steve also come out basically like, dude, shut the hell up. Let's fight. Let's do this shit. And put a stance off for his age. Stone Cold did a really, 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 really good job, and the right person went over. Do you think a Canadian's going to beat a Texan in Texas and Dallas, Texas? Fuck no. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was great. I love this. <laughs> it was great. The KO Show segment was great. Kevin Owens 
talking shit. Yeah. Austin throwing in a couple phrases. It was interesting to see Austin be quiet though. Like Austin was literally like thinking about you, mealy mouth bastard. You are a dumb, stupid son oh, of a bitch. bitch. It was great. Then finally, Kevin Owens decides he wants a no-holds-barred match, which made it great because it allowed it to be a brawl because yeah. Austin's a brawler. Yes, yes, So yes. is Kevin Owens. Yes. It was a fight, but here's what made the fight great. What? It lasted 13 minutes and 55 seconds. It wasn't a squash. It wasn't half-assed. And they took some serious bumps. They did. <clears throat> Austin did a suplex on the concrete floor. Austin suplexed Kevin Owens on the stage. There was wrestling. There was working. There was violence. There was fight all over the place. Psychology. Psychology, storytelling. They brought the fight. And at one point, Kevin Owens even hits the stunner on Austin. And we, for a second, they were like, ah! I was like, oh, okay. One, two, Ooh, kicks kick out. out. They fight some more, stomping a mud hole, doing all this stuff. Yeah. Austin finally hits the stunner. Yep. One, two, three. And the winner is Stone Cold Steve Austin. For the first time in 19 years, he had a match. Yeah, he did. And it ended in Dallas, Texas, where his career started. Yeah. He wrestled his first match in Dallas, Texas, and he wrestled what's probably his last match in Dallas, yeah. Texas. Yeah. I don't see Stone Cold having another match. No, no, he can't do it. I was like, like, dude, you can get shape, but I can definitely tell his knees bugged the hell out of him. I will say this. If he does wrestle again, it'll probably be in a tag team match, but I'll explain more about that later on in the show. All right, all right. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up night one of WrestleMania. At 1.15 in the morning. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do this. You look at that, Vinny, and I love you guys. Assholes. We're going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we're going to have night two of WrestleMania 38 here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this. It feels good to see the world getting loose. Feels good to see the world getting loose. I don't know about you, Sack Noel. I don't know about you, Phenom. I don't know about you, White Shadow. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I don't know about you, but I feel good. I'm two plus two, I'm for show. You down, I'm down, baby, let's go. You stop, you drop, baby, then roll. You twerk, you pop, booty so slow. I'd hate me too if I were you. And when it comes to billions, I'll take two. It's only one life you don't get to. So live life, don't let it live you. I got a pocket full of hundred dollar bills. Put on a jacket, cause these diamonds give you chills. Two shots are running, two You don't get too 
to live life, don't let it live you. I got a pocket full of hundred dollar bills. Put on a jacket, cause these diamonds give you chills. Two shots are running, two Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to the Boochcast. Boochcast. During the break, we played the song I Feel Good by Pitbull, which is the second theme song to uh, WrestleMania 38. And, uh, of course, we, there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff. We had we had the other song by The Weekend that opened this, uh, you know, uh, show. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give Zach a moment here because I know he was mentioning this a lot during the live stream. Zach, uh, you seem to not be a fan of the music they picked. It fucking sucks. Seriously, you go from Drowning Pool, even Disturbed, even some Cold, or even when that biscuit. Yeah. Okay, and even go from Slipknot to this garbage. That's all I have to say. Because it's almost 1.30 in the morning and I want to go the fuck home and take a nice hot bath. Okay, where's, on. What's that got to do with the music? I don't know. I just feel like raising hell. God, <laughs> you're so bitchy. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> I need a bath. It's so dirty. Oh, Jesus. Be a man! So anyway, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, was, uh, of course, uh, Pitbull with I Feel Good here on the Boochcast. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will now commence with night two of WrestleMania 38, and we kick things off with the first official match of this evening for the Raw Tag Team Titles. RK Bro defends the titles against the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. I enjoyed it somewhat, but the problem was it was a spot press from hell, and I hate to say this, the wrong team won. Yes, I couldn't agree more that the wrong team won because these guys. Because uh, I, I'm I'm sick of RK bro. Everybody knows how I feel about Matt Riddle, so I'm not even gonna dive into that. But I'm just sick of RK bro. I'm not a fan. I mean, it was a great opener, but it was a shitty finish, you know. And of course, you know, it's just I felt this was a Street Profits moment. Yeah, they're yeah. to me they're a real tag team. They're yeah. over. They're awesome. For Christ's sake, Montez. Ford pinned Randy Orton in the in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. How does that not make them the Raw Tag Team Champions? How are you not pushing these guys and taking them seriously? What is the point in Montez Ford getting a pinfall victory over a legend, over a legend and a future Hall of Famer in Randy Orton, only to not give them the belts? Why waste that pinfall when he could go to somebody that's actually going to get the belts around their waist? This is a very talented team. The very talented team. I'm sorry, everybody's like. Some people are into Alpha Academy. I'm not. I'm not. RK Bro, I, I've never really been a fan. I'm waiting for these two to turn on each other so we could get a fucking rivalry out of them. I thought tonight somebody would have won the Street Profits. I thought Randy Orton was going to say after they lost, like, okay, okay, then all right, and then turn on them and turn heel. Yeah, that would work. That would make perfect sense. And then have the feud, Randy Orton versus Riddle, and, and go somewhere with that. But instead, they just keep them here. The only good thing about this is that as long as Riddle's a tag team champ,
champion, I don't have to worry about him going for singles gold and desecrating the ring any more than he already does. You know, it's fucking stupid. So, yeah. as I said, it was, a, it was a great opener, but it was a shitty finish and the wrong team won. Yeah, bottom line. Yeah. Good start. Shitty finish. And then, of course, after the match, um, the Street Profits and RK-Bro try to have a little toast. They invite uh, Gable Stevenson, the new uh, WWE signee who won the Olympic gold medal in Tokyo and became a two-time NCAA champion. Well, now that his uh, collegiate and, you know, Olympic uh, wrestling career is behind him, he is now uh, ready to do something good in WWE. And he'll be the second Olympic gold medalist since Kurt Angle to compete in a WWE ring. Yeah, six foot one, two hundred sixty-seven pounds. Yeah, he's a big kid. Yeah, he's only twenty-one years old. Yeah, he's he's. We'll see what happens with him. Yep. And he signed a multi-year deal with WWE, so I know they got something special yeah, for him. Yeah, they got something special for him. He's on Monday Night Raw, and he is going to take the world by storm. So then, of course, they go to cheer. Chad Gable smacks it out of his hand, gets in Stevenson's face. Stevenson hits a belly-to-belly suplex and just beats the hell out of Chad Gable. Which I enjoyed. Yes, if Stevenson's gonna start a rivalry. Chad Gable is the perfect person for him to start with. Yeah, that'd with. be perfect. Well, because Chad Gable is an amateur wrestler like Stevenson. Yeah. And he's a badass, so that can work in their favor. Yeah. And true. become a very good match in that regard. So there's some there's some value there. Yep. Because if you focus because uh, he's an amateur wrestler, focusing on that will work. There's even been talk at one point about Kurt Angle possibly getting signed to be his manager. Yeah. Like Kurt Angle manages for Gable Stevenson because we don't know how Gable Stevenson is good on the mic or not. But we know Kurt Angle is great at promos. Yeah, that, that's true, he is. So there's something there. So we'll see where they go with this. But ultimately, like I said, Stevenson's got a great future. I'd like to see him start to win Chad Gable. RK Bro shouldn't have won this match. And yeah, agreed. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Bobby Lashley goes one-on-one against Omos. I enjoyed it, even though it was just a filler. Wow. Almost got beat for the very first time in his career. And by Bobby Lashley, which perfect sixes almost would have beat Bobby Lashley. Guess what? They would have buried Bobby Lashley after his big return after being hurt. No. Yeah. And the only logical explanation I could think of for Bobby to even have this match or beat Omos would be to establish him as a badass to get him back in the title picture. Yeah. Because that's where I think Bobby Lashley's going. I see him becoming the next, uh, you know, WWE. Universal Heavyweight Champion. I see that happening. Yeah, I hear you. Um, and because that's what I like to see, because I feel like Bobby Lashley would be a great dominant champion. Uh, somebody's got to win that mat- belt eventually. We'll get into more about that a little later in the show, but yeah. I'd like to see him go for that. Uh, almost. I don't know what this does for him, but I didn't see him really going anywhere, so I don't really care that his streak is over. Yeah, me either. I mean, unless he was going to be the guy to go up against the the champion, uh, you know. Who, I don't see a reason to keep giving him an undefeated streak unless you want him to be a champ, which I don't think they do. Nope. So it's goddamn ridiculous. Very true. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have an anything goes match. Johnny Knoxville one-on-one against Sammy Zayn. <laughs> this right here caught my teenage back to life. Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> I love you. It's courtesy. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. 
This was actually fan freaking test. I thought I thought it was gonna end quickly, and we did at first when Sami Zayn hit that Luba kick. But then John Knoxville started fighting back because John Knoxville can do type of match, and he was very very careful. But I'm gonna let Vinny take over because the highlights were really something that I want. I know he wants to talk about. And I mentioned in the male soap opera moment. I've said it during the live stream, and I'm gonna say it here. You called it. Not just that, but I said this before. One of the key things I look for when I'm watching wrestling is believability. I want to believe in what I'm seeing. And even though the match is scripted, it's supposed to play out like it's a real fight. If you were in a real fight, what could you do? Now, obviously, in this match, there were things that went outside that box. But it worked because it was Johnny Knoxville. Now, when Sammy hit that Luva kick and Johnny kind of rolled out of the ring but eventually was able to slowly get back up, that doesn't bury Sami Zayn. Why? Because even though Johnny Knoxville is not supposed to be stronger than a wrestler, he's still a human being. And that's a key thing you need to remember as well. And we've seen Johnny Knoxville take punishment and keep coming. We've seen all the crazy stunts that Johnny Knoxville has done on the TV show and the movies. For Christ's sake, they had a boxing match at a clothing store against Butterbean. I remember that. And even they didn't get knocked out in that. They got the shit beat out of them. Yep. But they were still standing. That's true, they were. Johnny Knoxville can take punishment. It takes a lot to knock him out. Very true. So it's believable for Johnny to still fight back. And he hit a couple really good moves. He did. Tornado DDT. Sami Zayn went through a table with mouse traps glued on it. They had the big hand that came out and slapped him. Wee Man came out in the ring. And... Chris Pontius came out there too. Oh, I wish uh, Sivo was there. That would be making it a little bit more, I think, entertaining if Sivo showed up. Yeah, so Chris Pontius is like fighting, then he comes out, and gets, and he gets naked, and starts dancing like he used to on the Jackass shows. The Gator's like, what the fuck are we? The Gator, like, this is freaking fantastic. Like, it's like, this is the shitty, but then again, he was like, wait a minute here, this is actually fantastic. He, he actually said to me at one point, Mishy Bichuere, <laughs> what happened to our business? <laughs> I said, I said, Gator, it got more entertaining because this was fun. <laughs> this is great. And that's what this match was designed to be. Fun. Okay? It was not meant to be a... If you went into this match expecting a technical masterpiece, you're a fucking idiot. This is one of those matches you knew it got booked. It was going to be fun. And it was. Wee Man scoop slam fucking Sami Zayn. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. The midget just scoop slammed Sami Zayn. And there were the couple tricks where he got hit in the nuts. Yep. They had that little shoot thing to him in the nuts. The bowling ball. Yeah. Like the all taser. Of, the taser was great. Sami Zayn took a beating. <laughs> yeah. And then they had the giant mouse trap. They trapped him in. And then, yeah. and then Johnny Knoxville went for the pin. Got the one, two, two three. three. The winner of the match, Johnny, Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Fucking loved it. Oh, this is great. It was great. It was so entertaining. I'd rather have him win than um, Logan Paul. Yeah. That, yeah, that was Well, that's because John Knoxville is likable. Oh, yeah. Logan Paul's not. He's not. So that's why he worked good as a heel, and that's why Johnny Knoxville worked good as a babyface, because everybody loved him. And then the Jackass clan was there, some of them. Like, I wish we could have had more people, but ultimately, it was fun. It was absolutely I enjoyed this match. fantastic. I loved it. Immensely, I enjoyed it. Yes, that's true. All right, then. And then, Mr. DWG, move it up. Yep. Moving on. On that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a fatal four-way tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. Queen Zelina and Carmella defend the titles against Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Natalia and Shayna Baszler, and Sasha Banks and Naomi. Uh, 
Did you enjoy this? No. No. I this was one of those matches that I just did not care about. Me neither. I didn't. Uh I was too busy looking at Carmella going, why did she look like the bitch in the iron mask? She had that weird fucking mask thing on. Yeah, that's, the type of, yeah. that's the type of mask you see people in on like that yeah, people on Pornhub use to hide their faces while they're fucking while they go they're either fucking or getting fucked or whatever mm-hmm. to keep their image on the DL. Yeah. Like it's that kind of masks. It's fucking weird. Like I, I couldn't get that at all. Uh Liv Morgan was just as Catwoman. Why? Rhea Ripley was dressed in... I couldn't tell if she was trying to be Batgirl or if she looked like... She looked, she looked like the bunny from AEW. Yeah, but a more like a darker version. Or like on steroids. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I was like, I was like, uh, okay. But Shasha Banks and Naomi won. I'm happy, but once again, filler in 10 minutes and 50 seconds, they went every day back. Yeah, and uh, but I like the fact that Sasha and Naomi won. Um, I thought it, it, it's going to be something fresh for the division. But here's what I want to see. Hmm. I want to see the women's tag team titles get treated the way they're supposed to be treated. And yeah. that is the champions need to go to each brand. Go to Raw and SmackDown and fight different rivalries and make it interesting. I would tell them to go to NXT, but they already got their own women's tag belts there. So they don't need to go to NXT any, no more. But have them on Raw and SmackDown and like feud with a SmackDown team. Then go to Raw and feud with a Raw team. Then go back back and forth and back and forth and flip-flop. And that way, you can get better rivalries and make things happen. Instead of just keeping them on one roster and trying to make everything goddamn ridiculous. That's so, true, But yeah, this match is all over the place, but yeah. at least the right team won. Yep, that's true. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Okay. We have... The Radar Superstar Edge versus the Phenomenal AJ Styles. One word. Boring. One more time. Boring. You guys built this up how good of a promo you did this, and all of a sudden you do this type of performance. Okay, Edge, Adam, AJ Styles, even though I don't know what's your real name. Alan. The fuck. Benny. Go ahead. This is boring as shit. It was, dude. It really was. Barely anything happened in this match. There were a few good moments at best. And it has the weirdest fucking finish. Because Damian Priest comes out. Just fucking stands there. Distracts AJ Styles. Then he goes for the nominal form. Edge counters with a spear. Gets the one, two, three. And wins the match. And okay, I like the countering of the phenomenal form into a spear. Mm-hmm. I like that as the finish. Very true. But the match itself was just dull. Dull. There was nothing special, nothing interesting. Everyone just died of boredom by the end of the match. It was fucking stupid. Just completely fucking stupid. It brought nothing to the table. And here's the thing. I like Edge. Yes, you do. I like AJ Styles. I do too. I'm not taking anything away from their talent overall or the legacies they built. I'm talking about this one match on this one show. And it was boring as shit. Yep. And did not deliver. It did not deliver at all. And I was looking forward to this one. And all of a sudden, they disappoint. Yeah. Again. I thought this was going to be the match of the night. And I was wrong. Boy, were you wrong now, weren't you? Yes. It was boring as shit. Yes, it was. So, now it looks like Edge and Damian Priest are about to form a, a, a faction or something. Or a team. So, I'm intrigued to see where that yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. Damian Priest is badass. I like Yeah. Damian and obviously, there's going to be a rematch between Edge and AJ Styles. And oh, if yeah. there is, I hope it's better than, than yeah, last, this, than this right. one. Here was the shitty. The shitty. All right, moving on. And on that, yep, and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We We even want to call it that. We got Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch versus the New Day. Um, 
No. 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 This match was one minute and 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, we were watching this like, okay, see if we got entertainment. All of a sudden, one minute and 46 minutes. One, two, three. Video, we're like, what the fuck was this shit right here? The, why? Why? What, what, what was the point of this match? Nothing. Why was it here? Filler. Did anyone give a shit about this rivalry? No, it's like a Trish Tasty Pussy. Everybody needs one. Yeah, Xavier Woods just fucking shows up, comes back, and they lose to these guys. Okay. Okay. Are they going to face the... Are Sheamus and Ridge Holland going to face the Usos? Because if they are, great. I'd like to see somebody win, win, finally beat those motherfuckers. This whole thing's fucking dumb. Yep. So yeah, that was a stupid, pointless match. Wasted all of our time. Very true, sir. Very, very, very true. Okay. Yep. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. A match that Betty Bucci here, a.k.a. Bucci, has been looking forward to. Has not shut the fuck up about it since day one they heard about it. That's right. We had Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with Mr. McMahon. Fantastic. I didn't know Pat McAfee can move that out. He did really, 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 really good. I mean, it was like psychology not too many spots Austin Theory can move even though I really don't care for him sometimes it's all like him taking selfies everywhere but not bad did he this was Pat McAfee's shining moment from the entrance with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders to punting the football into the crowd yep. every move he did from leaping up to the rope doing the superplex yeah. Missing the Swanton Bomb. Yeah. Countering moves. Bringing the fight to Austin Theory. And then countering his finisher with a roll-up. One, two, three. And winning the match. Yep. That was phenomenal. It was nine minutes and 40 seconds. A pure bliss. It was, it was awesome. That was the match Pat McAfee wanted to have. It was the match he needed to have. And I was glad to see him finally get a win. Because he lost the two matches he did in NXT. Very true. I wanted to see him win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. they gave Pat McAfee an ultimate fucking push to do whatever he wanted, being the third announcer to compete in a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. And the only other one besides Michael Cole to win him one. Mm -hmm. So it's great. Yeah. They had this amazing shining moment, and then it was gone. Yes, it was. Because all of a sudden, yep. Mr. McMahon gets pissed off, takes off his jacket, takes off his tie, undoes his shirt, and we see that black tank top that we remember from the Attitude Era when Vince would compete in matches. Mm -hmm. He gets in the ring, and we have ourselves a Another match, an impromptu match, Mr. McMahon with Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee. Why did they do this? Why? Why they could he just just walk away? Once again, three minutes and forty-five seconds. We're never gonna get back. Once again, you fucking dumb fucking morons. It was a filler. So the video over here is very pissed off. So once again, like I said several before, may God have mercy on your soul. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. What's that? You guys just don't care anymore. <laughs> you really don't. And by guys, I mean WWE. Y'all just don't care anymore. No, you don't. You guys know that no matter what type of product you put out, whether it's gold or whether it's shit, people are still going to buy from you. They're still going to watch your product. You do not care. No, you do not. You had a golden opportunity to build someone up who has star power, knows how to wrestle, knows how to work, and could draw money for you. And you throw it away in one fell swoop. And it was right there in it front was. of you. Yep. Right there, Pat, right Mac Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory, has a great match. And then all of a sudden, Mr. Man comes in, has Austin Theory interfering, gets to kick him around, does this punt kick thing with a football, and pins him one, two, three. Why? Don't know. Where the fuck are you going with this? Is this going to go anywhere? Hopefully not. 
Is there going to be a rematch between Pat McAfee and Mr. McMahon where Pat gets the upper hand? Is this a way to get Pat McAfee to stay at the announce table and never wrestle a match again? Because you pretty much buried him. You kicked him out of the ring like it was nothing. You celebrate. Then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. Everybody's going crazy. Stone Cold! Stone Cold is here! It's like we just saw him last night. He just wrestled a match. Okay? And everybody's acting like it's amazing he's here. It's like... Motherfucker, we just saw him last night. What did Danji Shay saying? Why didn't he come out before the match? I was like, and that's the thing. You're right. He could have came out during the match. But he did it. And then hit McMahon with a stunner. Then one, two, three for Pat McAfee. And then Pat wins the match. And then him and Austin celebrate. Then they can drink a beer. Then Austin can hit him with a stunner if he wants to. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Remember what happened when Stone Cold came out there? He did that. He drank a beer. Danny Beauty, did we ever think we'll see Stone Cold Steve Austin botch a stunner? We never thought in a billion years we would ever see Austin botch a stunner, but he botched on this night. Boy, he did every now, didn't he? Yeah, and Vince what didn't help matters either. No. He kicks Vince in the gut. Vince goes to the ground. Austin, because Austin turned, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Then he turns again, goes with the stunner, and it's a half-ass fucking stunner. Yeah. And that was a horrible stunner. Austin botched the stunner for the first time. Now, he redeemed himself later with Pat McAfee, because Pat eventually got back in the ring. They drink a beer. Austin hits him with a stunner, which I wouldn't have had a problem with if he didn't already just get beat by Mr. McMahon. If, if Austin came out, mm-hmm. open a can of whoop-ass on McMahon. Mm-hmm. Open a can of whoop-ass on Austin Theory. Mm-hmm. Stun Austin Theory. Stun Vince McMahon. Pat McAfee goes up top, hits that swanton that he missed earlier, covers him up, hooks the leg. One, two, three. Pat McAfee wins again. He got two victories at WrestleMania. Him and Austin are celebrating, drinking beer, and then Austin, boom, stuns Pat McAfee, leaves the ring. I'd have been perfectly fine with all of that. Because, yeah, Pat McAfee would have took a stunner from Stone Cold, but he would have two WrestleMania wins under his belt, so it doesn't bury him. Plus, it's Austin. It is Austin. It works. But because he lost to Mr. McMahon and took a stunner from Austin... And got beer pulled on his face. Yeah, it was he was done. It was you took all that work that you did building up this match, having this great match and everything, and you flushed it down the fucking toilet for no reason other than to give Mr. McMahon a WrestleMania moment that he didn't fucking need. No, he did not. It's like, fuck you, Vince. Yeah, fuck you, you Vince. You don't care. No, you don't anymore. Speaking of not caring anymore. Oh, God. We are now here at the main event of the evening. Winner take all match to unify the WWE and Universal Championships. Roman Reigns defends the Universal title against Brock Lesnar, who defends the WWE title against Roman Reigns. What the fuck? I quit. I quit. I quit. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not straight. I'm not straight. No more. No, just tell me I'm dreaming. Tell me this, 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 uh, this fucking happened. It happened. I'm on strike. <laughs> I'm on strike. <laughs> I'm on strike. Exactly, Why? Exactly. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There's no God. There's no God. There's no God. He's going to no kill, <laughs> kill us. We're going to get letters. There's no God. Oh, Lord, help us all. He's going to kill us. <laughs> oh. In the name of Leonard Skinner, this is bullshit. <laughs> Oh, God. This is fucking stupid. Like, okay. You and here's the other part. You the... posted, like, this is the greatest match of all time. And, yeah, you 
fucked it all up. fucked this up so bad. I mean, and there were moments that were great. It really was. Like, it, you know, the, and here's the thing. Because I mentioned before, because they've had short matches in the past, like Brock's matches were very were relatively short. Roman had relatively short. Goldberg was relatively short. Guys like them. Every, almost every major moment can be a false finish because you have no idea how it's going to end. And it ends with a spear from Roman Reigns on after a bat after his shoulder pops out and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns is now the unified champion yeah Brock lost he can't complain about it so once again you've destroyed your roster it's gone you have nobody credible enough to beat Roman Reigns nope there's no one left nada you didn't even have the decency to try to bring out The Rock to see if you could book something for the next WrestleMania, but no. Seriously, look at that roster. Who's left? Who is on that roster that Roman Reigns has not bashed and smashed and conquered? You have now made your show unwatchable because you've made your champion too fucking powerful. You've overkilled it to where now it's insufferable because we already know he's going to win. So what's the point in even fucking watching? What are you hoping to accomplish from this? What is the end goal? The answer there isn't one. Unless you're planning on waiting another year and building up Braun Breaker to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns, there's no other logical reason to fucking do this. Who at this point is going to be credible enough to beat Roman Reigns? No one. Maybe Bobby. So we're just going to just recycle the deck now? I guess so. Reshuffle the deck and throw Bobby back in there? And I'm supposed to believe that Bobby's going to do it? Who else is there? Nobody. There's nobody, period. I don't even think Bobby's credible enough at this fucking point. This is dumb. You have nothing. Nada. I have no emotional investment in any Roman Reigns match going forward. And he used to love him so much. You can call him the tribal chief. You can call him the head of the table. You um, can say he's got great promos. You can say him and Paul Heyman are great. I don't give a shit about acknowledge me or God mode or any of that crap. I'm tapped out on Roman. I'm done. I've, I've seen everything I need to see from this. You've gone as far as you could possibly can, and you're just going further. Basically, the best way to describe this, it's like having sex after you've already came as a guy. That's what it is. You're ba- you're not you're just you're not getting any pleasure. You're just creating friction. Okay. Or it's like when you're or it's like if you're having sex with a woman and you're on top of her and you're and you think and you hear her, you know, making noise and hollering, so you're thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm laying the pipe." Mm-hmm. But what you're really doing is you're leaning on her tit about to rip it off her body. Mhm. So she's screaming because she's in pain, but you think she's screaming because you're giving her all she can get, and you're in your own little world. That's what this is. They think that crowd is screaming because they enjoy, because they're getting an orgasm from watching Roman Reigns. No, Roman is leaning on their tits about to rip it off. That's where we're at. It's just friction. Friction. It's not pleasure. Nope. Not at all. There, there's nothing. You've gone as far as you can go. And we're supposed to enjoy night two from what it looks like we enjoyed the night one a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Not all the way more, but just not a little bit more. more. But once again, WrestleMania, it sucked. Ah! It was a letdown. It was a letdown. All it was this just, hype it was a, yeah. All this hype up. For seriously, guys. Okay, I'm officially done with the WWE. No more pay-per-views. Maybe I'll watch the big four, but that's a big fucking if. I'm done. All I'm going to do is catch highlights of things that I actually give a shit about. Because I still have the male soap opera moment, so I do have that loyalty to the wins. You poor, poor bastard. I know. (laughs) 
This is this is my curse. This is my curse. I wish I got it. I'd curse you. This is the price I have to pay for being known for being a wrestling guy, for managing Buff Bagwell. And and don't get me wrong, I love managing Buff Bagwell. Let me make that very clear. I love my job. I enjoy it very much. Buff Bagwell's a great guy. But I'm saying because I'm so deep in the wrestling business. I'm forced to know what's going on. I used to watch wrestling because I loved it. I had passion for it. I enjoyed what I saw on the TV every week. Now, I'm in it because I have to be. Yeah. Because I have to know what's going on. Because I have to create content for a show. And because you guys expect me to know what's going on. Because when something happens, you call me, you contact me, because you want to hear what I think about this. I get DMs all the time. That's why like, when I post stuff for pay-per-views, I tell people, don't call me during wrestling. I have people comment going, come on, Booch. You really think this many people actually call you? Yes, motherfucker. They do. They do. I'm not saying this to sound important or a badass. I'm saying it's the fucking truth. I can't focus on wrestling. People want to call me during wrestling to ask me what just happened a few minutes ago. It's like, motherfucker, text me or wait till I say it on the podcast. You impatient fuck. Seriously. You're goddamn ridiculous. But yeah, I, I've lost my passion. I'm I'm very close to going all exactly. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much gonna go all elite. Because like I said before, AEW, there's a lot of things on AEW I don't like. They do a lot of stupid shit. Yeah. I won't lie. But there's at least some moments I can enjoy. And at the very least, they're fucking trying. Like I said, they might be failing, but at least they're trying. They are making an attempt to entertain the crowd. They are making an attempt to give the people what they want. They're putting forth the fucking effort. And WWE is not. Nope. You're not. No, you are not. And I have more respect for a company that puts out a shitty product but tries than a company who puts out a shitty product because they're not even trying at all. And of course, NXT, I can always find joy in there. Well, there's a certain tag teams on TV, but we won't talk about that now. So anyway... That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of nights one and two of WrestleMania. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. Uh-huh. And we'll be, we'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing you uh, later this week for some other stuff we got coming out. Oh, boy, we have a lot of shit. We got it. All right. So uh, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcast. Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite host Site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites also like us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the boochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content i of course have my um male soap opera moment episode that wednesday and i did where we gave predictions on wrestlemania and recapped elimination chamber did a few other things so feel free to go there and find out which one of us was right which one of us was wrong uh, see how well we did. Uh, you can find out through the male soap opera moment. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go into YouTube, type in the Boochcast. We are there. So hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you know when new content will be coming. We got some new content coming soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next one will be Saturday, July. July 30th for WWE SummerSlam. We'll have more information on that in the coming months, so make sure you guys uh, check that out. Also, we got a D&D show coming later this year, as well as the Boochcast booking battle. 
compliments of WWE 2K22. And of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We got three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is for people who want to who want to help out the show but have a lot of bills to pay and mouths to feed and can't break the bank because the last thing we want to do is ask you to break the bank or sacrifice a payment or be guilt tripped into helping us out we don't want to pressure people to give us money we want that to be your choice if you rather just listen to the show and share the links to everyone you know that's all we need from you so we thank you for that but if you want to put a little skin in the game and help us out 99 cents per month a good spot it's just 9.90 cents you won't miss it but it'll help us out a great deal if you got some extra money to spend you can donate for 4.99 per month same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription i know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock so don't give them money give us money we got better content than peacock anyway and of course we have the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 same amount of money we used to pay for a w network subscription here in the united states ever since they sold to the peacock you got nowhere to put that 9.99 6.99 bring it over here we got better content than the network and unlike the wwe we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And with all the money we raised from the show, we put it back in the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the feed this gentleman here, Ramen Noodles, and try, try and try, try and <laughs> try to get his ginger ass laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.